You're listening to A Journey in American English. Hello and welcome back. Chris and I are not very political, or at least we try not to be. Still, every now and then, we touch on some political topics when it fits in with the theme of this podcast. In today's episode, Chris and I will be discussing the First Amendment, which belongs to a list of amendments known as the Bill of Rights. This amendment deals with a lot of freedoms that Americans typically enjoy. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode, so without any further ado, let's begin. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, it's just terrible here. My allergies are really acting up. <laughs> you should be here. It rained a bunch yesterday, so it would have uh, cleaned up the air for you. I mean, it, it's not hot here, but it's definitely not cold. So, I mean, it's my fault because I went walking through like a field <laughs> while I was on the phone. And that's like, like suicide. <laughs> but yes, I'll be fine. Took some medicine and then I fell asleep. My nose is still kind of stuffy, so sorry about that. But hopefully the ne- the the sneezing has stopped. <laughs> right, I tried to deal with that before I got on too. Uh, last thing, last thing we need is a bunch of cuts in this where we're both running to the to the tissue box. Yeah, that's true. But no, the weather here is pretty nice um, for my taste anyway. It's around like sixty degrees, sixty-five, seventy. So. Slightly chilly. Yeah, it's 69 outside right now, which aside from being nice is, I would prefer it being 20, 30 degrees warmer. I like my summer's hot, as everyone knows. Man, dude, I couldn't do that. That, That's like, I couldn't do that. It's way too hot. I've decided to lean into it this year because it irritates so many people to hear. I'm just like, I'm going to be the villain of temperature. I'm going to enjoy it while everyone else is suffering. I mean, I definitely want to loudly enjoy it. I definitely want to go somewhere where it's sunny. So England, I think Germany is a lot like England because it's always so gray here and you never get good weather. And you don't you don't come to Germany for the good weather. You come to Germany for like the history, for like the food, um, maybe like the nature because there there's a lot of nature here, like the Black Forest, for example. But you don't, you don't come here for the weather. No one comes to Germany for the weather. And it's the same with England. No one goes to England for the weather. The first time I went to England, it just rained. It rained the whole, like, four days I was there. But it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's always depressing. I had a family member recently uh, go to Florida for, like, five days with a friend just to kind of get away. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, which is in the Miami area. So very sunny, right on the beach. Yeah. The first day she got there, it was nice. Then it rained the entire rest of the time. Was she there when the condo collapsed? No, she was back before that. But oh. wow, that was that was a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. And they're still searching, but it's it ongoing. sounds like the way it sounds like the way things are. Uh, a lot of those buildings in that area were built around the same time with the same kind of standards. Oh, wow. A lot of people think this is just going to be the first in a uh, in a series of building accidents like that, unfortunately. Yeah, I read that. I read that a lot of the buildings are should be inspected or they were inspected poorly and 
Um, they're mm-hmm. also susceptible to collapsing and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case. And they're being exposed to salt water more than ever, which is not helping. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it's you know it's Florida, obviously. Yeah, I, th- I didn't think about that. Uh, but no, I've never been to Florida. I would love to go to Hawaii, but I think everyone wants to go to Hawaii. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anywho, uh, we don't want to talk about salt water and nice places to go. What do we want to talk about? Uh, whatever we want, because we're talking about the First <laughs> Amendment this week. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a good way to start. Yeah, it's the First Amendment. So everyone knows the First Amendment. Do you want to read it or should I? I'm feeling fine to read it. Okay. So for those who don't know the exact wording, and even there are several Americans who don't know the exact wording, uh, let's all get on the same page so we can uh, discuss it properly. The First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the entirety of it. Yeah. And it's super complicated. <laughs> Actually, there's not-, not very many words, but a lot of, uh, there's a, it's dense. It's very dense. And I think when a lot of Americans refer to freedom, this is the first one they go to. It's the one that ev- almost everyone knows of. Even if they don't know it by heart or know like the, the wording, they know the general meaning behind it. And so we have basically, a, we have a, the, the freedom of religion. So you can practice whatever you want. Um, the freedom of, spe- of speech, you, you have the freedom of press, you have the right to get together as a group. So you have the right to protest and you can complain to the government that they're not doing their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so those are the basic freedoms that, anyone in the u.s enjoys though they're not quite as broad as people like to think they are no they're really not so i guess we can start with with the freedom of speech so when so when i was growing up people were like yeah freedom of speech you can say whatever you want but that's not actually true you can't say whatever you want the the most famous example i don't know if you've heard this that people have told me or like you hear as a kid is you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. The you know? classic. Absolutely. Yes. So that's the classic. Because if you yell fire in a crowded movie theater, you're going to cause a lot of panic. You're going to cause a lot of stress. And people are going to trample each other. Yeah. People are going to get killed, unfortunately. So that is uh, the restriction of your freedom um, with respect to like speech. Also, it's only limited to the government. There's a lot of talk these days of oh, so-and-so said this on Twitter and now they got fired from their job. Well, they work for a private company. Private companies aren't bound by the, well, they're not bound by all the parts of the Constitution. And that's the thing, is that institutions aren't really, like, bound to this. To a certain extent, um, there have been cases where people have liked posts. So let's say, for example, someone posted something on Facebook that was somewhat racist and you like it, um, that's considered free speech. So you're allowed to like it. But people have still been fired for that because, you know, you work for a company and they found out that you support racist stuff, you know, and... Right, it makes them look bad. Yeah, it makes them look bad. And some companies get around this by having, um, I don't know the exact phrasing, but like character clauses. So if you do anything that embarrasses the company or ruins their image or makes them look bad, 
in like a normal situation, that behavior would be covered under free speech. But in this situation, it wouldn't be. So they could fire you for it. Right. I don't know if I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, sometimes it's not even as I'm not finding the right word here, as greedily inspired as just a company not wanting to look bad. You know, people are allowed to not want to hire people that they or keep people employed that they perceive as terrible people. If you have somebody who works for your small mom and pop shop and they're posting terrible racist things on the internet, you know, it's reasonable to not want to continue employing them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so another one here is also like the freedom of religion. And this kind of ties in with freedom of speech because I'm sure you've read this too. Um, There's some teacher who works at like a Catholic school or a Christian school and they find out that this teacher had sex outside of marriage or she got pregnant with someone who's not her husband and this kind of goes against their religion so they can fire you for it but at like a public school they couldn't do that they couldn't fire you for that right but it's a private religious institution and they get a lot of leeway yeah a lot they get a lot of leeway in the u.s so i think that the freedom of religion goes back to more or less our origins you know people leaving england and parts of europe because they were persecuted and they wanted to freely practice their religion here and that's kind of where this uh a freedom of religion so to speak right and i i feel i feel terrible that i can't remember the exact name but not everyone who was a a founding father a framer of the constitution those group of people not every single one of them was a christian I can't remember exactly who it is, but there was a notable, I'm so angry at myself for not knowing off the top of my head, but there was someone who was notably, I believe an atheist. Uh, I believe it's the same person. He owned a Quran. Um, You mean Thomas Paine? Maybe it was Thomas Paine. Or Thomas Jefferson. I feel like someone, it might've been Jefferson, like someone more notable, but you know, not everybody was a, you know, a strict Protestant or Catholic Christian. Oh, Thomas. Uh, so I, I just double checked real quick on the fly. So it was Thomas Jefferson. He did own a Quran. Um, no. So a lot of the founding fathers were, I don't know if you want to say atheists. I mean, they might have been, but I think it would be more comfortable to say that they were deist. So they believed in some kind of higher power, but it wasn't necessarily Christian or like Buddhist or something. Um, right. And you yeah. also have to think these people just committed a revolution they overthrew their standing government and made a new one. These were not necessarily people in the mood to listen to what other people had to say. They wanted a different set of rights. So when they're making a new set of rights, it would be extremely hypocritical of them to (laughs) replace one government they thought was too strict with another one they wanted as much freedoms as possible and it certainly wasn't perfect and it certainly didn't cover everything and it certainly didn't cover everyone but that no not not really i mean no you're definitely right so they definitely committed to a, a revolution um they, they succeeded so that's why this this amendment so the so the american constitution for those who don't know it, it has around 20 something amendments Um, So it's been changed and altered over the past 200 something years. And this one is uh, belongs to the bill of rights. 
So more or less when people talk about their freedom in the U.S., you know, these are like the go-to ones. And you, you had mentioned like, you know, a, like not being atheist or Christian and whatnot. And freedom of speech, funny enough, for like the longest time, the U.S. had like blasphemy laws. So that was the government actually limiting what you could say, more or less. So you could say anything you want, but not about religion. <laughs> right. The tricky thing about having uh, different laws in a country, it's all well and good, but they only do something if somebody enforces them and they don't always get enforced. Yeah, to, to a certain extent. I mean, I think there's you have like the legal laws and then you have like the cultural laws, so to speak. So you have a lot of unwritten laws. You also have like a lot of laws left on books. So left on like, you know, in the official documents that have never been taken out. Um, like Oh, it, yes. Montana yeah. has a pretty awful one. Really? What is it? So, all right, for the record, I know this was a law about... 10 years ago for all I know it could have been changed but I don't know why it wouldn't it would have been if it wasn't back then if there are three Native Americans together off the res I believe it's considered a war party and you're allowed to shoot them oh wow but I feel like it's one of those laws where if you did do that you probably still get you know charged with murder and if by some miracle you got away with it that law would be changed instantly Huh. Yeah, I mean, there's some other laws that ha- kind of have to do with, like, free speech, too. So I'm sure you've heard of the concept of, like, fighting words. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what the words are, but in a, in a lot of places in the U.S., this isn't true anymore, more or less. But if you said, like, certain words to someone, and this would vary depending on, like, where you lived and when you lived, but if you said like certain words to a certain person, this was autom- automatically considered to be like a challenge. So you were challenging someone to fight you. And if someone fought you and they died, well, I mean, that's their fault. <laughs> so, so they couldn't actually charge you with anything. So to speak. I would so, be interested to hear if that still comes into play in Washington. Because Washington is in the state or. Well, no, like Washington, the state, not Washington, D.C., Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Side right. Side so, note, I've also noticed people in the U.S., if you live closer to Washington, the state, you call that Washington. If you live closer to Washington, D.C., you call that Washington. It personally annoys me. I think you should just call Washington, D.C., D.C. Mm-hmm. But side note, to a side note, um, in Washington, last I had heard, I believe it is the only state where it is legal, where if you and I were in Washington and we were having a disagreement, we could agree to fight each other. You mean like a duel? I don't know if it would necessarily be classified as a duel, but like if you and I both were having, you know, an argument and we decided to fight each other, we could do that and it wouldn't be legal. I wonder at what point consent to both parties has been established in regards to fighting words. Like if you said something I considered aggressive and threatening, like at what point, you know, is it okay? Do the words, at what point do the words activate the law? (laughs) <laughs> where we can fight each other, no one's going to get in trouble, you know? Huh. I didn't know that. I mean, there was there was dueling in the U.S., so you were allowed to challenge people to a duel. Um, this was more or less done in the South, but dueling was pretty... It was pretty dangerous because 
if you lost a duel, usually it was the men, your your widow, so your wife, wouldn't get any money. So, and it became a huge problem because people were constantly dueling and dying. <laughs> and so you had like a lot of widows who weren't, you know, getting paid or anything. But I didn't know that about DC. But yeah. Washington I, State. Yeah, Washington State. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I made it to mistake again. Yeah, I Washington. feel like if if open fighting like that was allowed in uh, Washington D.C., uh, politics would be even worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but we do have like a lot of these stand your ground laws. Um, oh, absolutely. That was um, a famous situation in what was it in Florida with the Zimmerman case, and I can't remember the victim's name. But oh, I feel uh, Trayvon Martin. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. And that was a super, that was a high profile case a couple of years back. And this doesn't really tie in with the First Amendment. This, I would say, ties in more with the Second Amendment, which is the right to have guns. Um, but to a certain extent, it is kind of freedom of, you know, freedom of speech. Right. It, well, it's not, it's, it's not just freedom of speech, it's consequence of speech. And I actually have a, fairly decent example because montana yeah. has castle doctrine which means if someone attacks your home you can respond with deadly force it's and we have stand your ground laws which means if someone if you feel like your life is in danger you don't have a right to retreat or i mean you don't have an obligation to retreat you have a right to defend yourself if you'd like to castle I'm, doctrine i've never heard of that that's definitely something we can get into more with the second amendment but yeah um for stand your ground laws uh this actually personally happened to me couple years ago back when um the pandemic was really in full swing here Mm. in montana and basically everything was shut down i really liked i basically wasn't doing anything and i would really enjoy taking walks and playing pokemon go so sometimes i'd go for a walk at like two in the morning i just walk around the neighborhood and i live near a part of the campus of a local university so i would cross over there because there's pokemon go stuff there And there is an automated crosswalk there. So I hit the button. It turns the light red for everyone else. I walk Mm. across. And as I was walking across, I noticed a car was approaching pretty closely. I kind of slowed down a bit. I'm like, this guy's not going to stop. He didn't. If I had kept walking the same pace, he would have hit me at 45 miles an hour and probably killed me. Oh, wow. So I flipped him off (laughs) because he almost killed me. I feel like that's reasonable. Yeah, definitely. the smartest thing to do at two in the morning, but I did it. (laughs) So dude slams on the brakes, gets out of his car, starts screaming at me. He's hurling slurs at me, um, all terrible things. He's like, I'm like, oh, this dude is like way more than willing to fight right now. Uh, And I kind of try to, you know, deescalate the situation. But the point of the story is at that point, I felt threatened. I 100% could have gotten in a fight that night. If I had been carrying a weapon or, you know, a firearm i'm pretty sure i legally could have produced it and uh i'm not saying produce it and just start firing right away but if he started you know coming closer to me i'm pretty sure i legally could have gotten away with firing oh wow. not that i want to i want to be clear i do, would not <laughs> want have wanted to do that but uh it's something you know it kind of shook me for a long time so it's something i would always kind of think about like oh what if i had said this instead what if i had had a weapon blah 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 yeah i i've had a few instances like that too but i've never had any weapons 
Um, Probably better. Yeah, definitely. But getting back to like the First Amendment. So one common thing that isn't actually covered under free speech, which a lot of people don't understand, is like libel. You know, like telling blatant lies about people. Oh, yes. Or publishing falsehoods. And some people have this misconception that you can pretty much say whatever you want and there are there's no consequence. But this is a, is a prime example of publishing something that's, you know, that's liable. And Trump, right. when Trump was in office a couple of years back, he, he, he was not a super huge fan of the press. I think you can say that with, uh, without being too controversial. No, I, he specifically said he wanted to open up libel laws. Exactly. The press. Yeah, and that was the phrase he used a lot was opening libel laws, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because you can't actually sue the press. No, nope, um, but it sure sounds good. Yeah, it definitely does. And a lot of people got on board and they really wanted to you know, sue, sue the press. And the press in the U.S., I think, has had a long, proud history, kind of like with the French, because the French also have a very strong or they used to at least, it's gone, it's gone back in a couple decades, but they have this huge freedom of press movement where the press can pretty much say whatever they want. So a very famous example was like the Charlie Hebdo uh, cartoons back in 2000. Oh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. back in 2015. And they're, they're pretty offensive. Like they're pretty offensive cartoons. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. And France is like, yeah... I mean, that's the right <laughs> in um, and it's the same way in the U.S., although I think you wouldn't really publish those kind of things in the U.S. and kind of get away with them. I think we're more religiously we tread lightly on religious matters with respect to the press. Right. But, but of course, Charlie Hebdo did what they did and then they, you know, they were attacked and people died. Yeah, I don't which know. Which is awful. Yeah, it is awful. Definitely awful. Um the the american equivalent i can think of is I don't, i'm not sure if i've talked about this on the podcast before there was an episode of south park years ago where they had uh muhammad in the oh, episode yeah. and it was censored they were originally just going to have him in the episode but i believe when the episode actually came out it was just a black box or something like that or they just didn't show him on the screen and you know, it, I felt like it was a good episode and there was a speech at the end about like, hey, censorship is censorship due to fear is bad. And that's just, you know, letting terrorism win because that's the objective of terrorism. Yeah. And then I remember I stayed up past my bedtime to watch it like I wasn't supposed to. Uh, and then Viacom, the parent company of Comedy Central, yeah, was like, oh, my God, you guys cannot show this ever again like they were getting death threats and the creators of south parker or south park uh matt parker and trey stone they were fine with it they were willing to take the risk but viacom wasn't willing to be <laughs> liable for risking a bunch of employees lives so i have heard it's seen airtime in some places since then maybe just on the internet but for a very long time that only saw tv one time yeah that's and that's it. an example of the government's not stopping you from saying that you're allowed to say that but the people yeah. you're monetarily beholden to aren't held to the same standard. That that's that's very much true, and I, I want to touch on that point one other because that reminds me of something I read. So I remember that episode of South Park where that came out like in the early two thousands. So it was a long time ago, and I wasn't really aware that you shouldn't do that because Muslims are very 
are very protective of the religion and um, they have very strict rules about what you're allowed to um, like draw and not draw and drawing the prophet is like one thing you're not allowed to do. Mm. But I mean, I'm, I'm not Muslim, so I, I, I believe you're not supposed to you're not supposed to create life because yeah exactly yeah it's it's, not... it's the it's the realm of of god to be able to create life and just drawing like a dog or something like that that's you just like doing a pale imitation and that's why a lot of art yeah. from those cultures is geometric based uh, yeah exactly i've heard the same thing too that um most people from from arab cultures aren't allowed to or shouldn't at least um you know, draw like humans or like the prophet or dogs. So uh, they have like these beautiful um, geometric designs. I remember seeing a lot of that in Prince of Persia. It was a video game. Yep. Based in surprise Persia <laughs> or in <laughs> Iran, as you would say today. Um, but yeah, and they blocked that episode. I saw the original episode. I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. And then they tried to they really drew that out. And then I think they created like three episodes where you could get this power and no one could ever censor you. And I think like uh, there were these celebrities who were trying to fight for it on South Park. You know, Tom Cruise wanted to have this power so no one could ever make fun of him. Um, And then I think like The Rock or um, Steven Seagal, it was super interesting. But they got a lot of death threats, I believe. And that's the reason why they pulled the plug. Yep. And another thing I think is super interesting because you were talking about like companies and internet is in the past couple of years, I would say uh, the government has been talking about section 213 or 230. I don't know if that rings a bell with you. Uh, It doesn't. So I'm going to pull it up real quick and I'll just read it um, if I can find it. I can't find the exact wording. But basically, Section 230 was a law that was created in, I want to say, the 1990s. Oh, sorry, I found the original law. So the law is, or the, the text is, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by any other information content provider. And that sounds pretty wordy and very complicated, but... Basically, to make it very quaint, very simple, you can't punish Facebook for something someone else posted. So if I post racist stuff on Facebook, you can't sue Facebook. You have to sue right. me. Yeah. And this was created like in the early 90s when the internet wasn't super big, but it was originally created for like uh, phone companies and stuff like that. Because if I use the telephone, for example to call someone else and I harass them, they might like try and sue the telephone company, but the telephone companies, well, that's free speech. I mean, he's allowed to, we're just, you know, we're just the messenger. So don't shoot the messenger. And this has kind of been applied to the internet because on the internet, you can say anything really, um, whether it's true or not. And you can never find the person. Oh, well, if you say something bad enough, they'll hunt you down. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I mean, now, now they will, now they'll do that because it's a lot easier. But back when I want to say like 2005, 2010 ish, um, before that, it was incredibly difficult to find people online, mostly because like connections were poor, internet was slow. Um, but now definitely in the section 230, 
and people are like, well, should we change it? Because this is pure free speech. You know, if I comment on a Facebook video or a YouTube video, like, oh, you're so stupid. Um, I don't know. You should kill yourself or something. And people are like, well, you can't attack faith. You can't attack YouTube for that because they're not endorsing it. And so a lot of these big tech companies, Google, Facebook, YouTube, um, they've been under attack for not monitoring their speech. So, yeah, that, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was super interesting. That's what right. it reminded and me And I of. know some countries have tried to regulate that, but the argument is, and I'm about to say a very outdated stat. Yeah, sure, sure. It's, some, it's something like on YouTube every minute or something like that. There's 48 hours of video being uploaded. Oh, yeah. It might be a second. And that's outdated. It's probably way higher now. How YouTube can barely moderate what it has. Yeah. Imagine if it had to apply not just the U.S. law, but all the different countries' laws on an individual basis. Well, it would be the amount of manpower it would take to do that is just not feasible. It's just not realistic. That's true. Um, but that's that's only true for the U.S. because um, depending on where they operate, they have to follow, they have to abide by different laws. So in Germany, for example, um, Holocaust denial or anything glorifying World War II or the Socialist Party from the from 30, 1933 to 1945, anything like that you post on the internet, they can come and find you and uh, you can be charged with a crime because in most countries in Europe, that's a crime denying the holocaust but in the u.s it isn't so if you post stuff like that on youtube facebook google whatever nothing will happen to you i mean nothing legally will happen to you whereas in like france germany austria stuff like that i mean they have stories here of like some kid posted something about you know world war ii and like in a week or two they show up at his door like hey did you post this (laughs) (laughs) So the law, so the laws for free speech here are are vastly different than the U.S. I would say the U.S. has some of the broadest free speech laws. Oh yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, for better or for worse. I mean, they're very broad. I mean, you can say, you can say a lot of stuff in the U.S. Um, yes, which again gets into the is one of the reasons why people think they can say whatever they want with no consequence or do whatever they want. Uh, Americans are love the word freedom. Uh, yeah completely understand freedom isn't pure freedom it's freedom of from certain things if you were totally free there would be nothing holding you down no laws no structure no anything yes that's that's not what this country is but that's yeah that's definitely true but that's that's the opinion i think a lot of americans share is freedom (laughs) i mean it's pretty much a meme when you talk about the u.s you talk about freedom for me, I think I've, I once heard this quote and I really like it. And it goes, um, my right to swing my arm ends at your nose and your right to swing your arm ends at my nose. And in no situation do you have the right to, you know, push your, your fist into my face, so to speak. And that's kind of like how we define freedom. But most Americans are like, well, it's freedom. We're all free. We can do whatever we want. And um, right, it's not the purge. No, you can do whatever you want for the most part as long as it doesn't start affecting other people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've never seen the movie The Purge. Um, that's okay, you don't have to. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I know the basic premise. Yeah, for those who don't know what the movie The Purge is, it was some movie that came out what in like 2015 ish, I think. 
No, it's older than that. Is it really? There's several different. There's several different versions of it, but the premise is um, in a somewhat alternate version of the United States. Everyone is perfect and happy and treats everyone nicely. And the reason for that is once a year, all for something like 12 hours during the yeah. night, all emergency services close, all habeas corpus is suspended. Basically, there are no laws for 12 hours and you can do whatever you want. So you can buy people, kill people, do whatever you want for 12 hours, get it out of your system. And then the other 364 days of the year, everyone's nice and perfect and yeah, the, uh, the prim- each other. Yeah, I, I know the premise. I just never saw the movie. I mean, I think the idea is if we do this, we'll be it'll be a more peaceful society. I, I highly doubt that'll work, but the the idea is more interesting than any of the movies. It's more of you know, all the movies are basically kind of like a, just a shock factor movie. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting, actually. I've never seen The Purge, but I, I guess if you want to watch it, go watch it for those listening. But I, I'm it's a horror movie, so be prepared. <laughs> it's not the worst, but it's definitely not the best. Yeah. Another thing I think is interesting. So this counts as speech, too, by the way. So people think speech is what comes out of your mouth. So people assume speaking is your mouth. But actually speaking is anything that expresses your opinion, which is very interesting because in in German, you have the exact same word. So in German, it would be Meinungsfreiheit, which basically means your freedom of opinion. And so in Germany and in German, basically you're allowed to express your opinion. Whereas in English, we say freedom of speech. But what we really mean is freedom of opinion. And this opinion can take many forms. It can be written, it can be spoken, and it can also be like donations. So like political donations have often been seen as an expression of speech. Mm. So like, for example... (laughs) yeah so if i'm working at a company for example and my boss finds out that i donated five thousand dollars to the republican party and he's a staunch democrat and he fires me because i donated to the republicans i could sue my boss (laughs) because absolutely yeah because me donating to a political party is uh considered no free speech so to speak Mm -hmm. um and I always thought that was interesting. And when you think of it like that, there, there's a lot. So you can publish books, you can do talks, you can go on radio, stuff like that. But still. Have, have you heard of the concept of First Amendment auditing? No, never. What is that? So this is something I discovered a couple months ago and, was, and got really into it for like a week just because the videos are very entertaining. So it's a community of people who they call themselves first amendment auditors and their goal is to basically test and preserve the bounds of the first amendment. So they will go do something that may or may not draw attention, but they are well within their first amendment rights to do and then see what happens. So someone will say park outside of a police station and film it hundred percent on public property, which is hundred percent legal to do might make the police officers antsy and you know someone will come outside and say hey what are you doing here I'm like i don't have to tell you i'm just sitting here filming what's your name am i being charged with something i don't have to tell you which is all correct yeah there's actually a channel i was watching where they would review different first amendment auditors like how you should do it how you should not do it you don't want to be overly aggressive or sometimes just like things happen to people and it's not an intentional first amendment audit 
but it was on film. And it, it's really interesting to watch. Uh, it's kind of dangerous because you're basically opening yourself up to be arrested. And then, yeah. Oh, do you want to have a whole legal case about this because you just felt like testing the bounds? But I, I respect the concept because law in the U.S. is precedent-based. So if you can set precedents in the law for things that are and are not okay, you are improving society, but it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to watch. I recommend people look it up, but huh. it's not I've... something I recommend you do if you're not willing to potentially be arrested because the whole point of it is pushing the bounds. Yeah, so I have seen one. I saw one video on YouTube a long time ago, but I didn't know that there's a name for the whole movement. I, I get it, but it sounds pretty dangerous, to be honest, especially if you're going around photographing and like recording like government officials. Um, Which is 100% legal. You can do that. I mean, yeah, but that's like that. that then the old age question comes up is just because you can, should you? <laughs> Right. That, that's the question. And um I have well, no a idea. lot a lot of a lot of the motivation is you shouldn't be harassed for following the law. So if you get harassed, you want to expose that and you want it to be you want education to increase mm. not just to the general citizenry, but like to police. Like, hey, you can't just harass somebody for filming you. That's they're allowed to do that. Um you are in the U.S., so in the U.S., you can pretty much film anyone, I would say. But in Germany, they have very strict laws against that. So you can't just film anyone or anything. It doesn't matter if it's like the police or just some random person at a, tre- uh, at a train station. And you have a legal right to tell this person you don't want this stuff to be published. And even if it's just you sitting on a chair in front of like in, in a park, you know, you're not doing anything. But you don't. You have the right to not be filmed or photographed in Germany, and if they don't respect your wish, you can actually sue them. So there's precedent for this in Germany. Hmm. So oftentimes, when like they're filming documentaries, they'll often blur people out um, because if someone sees that and like, hey, I didn't give you permission, they can be sued. <laughs> and um, that German- seems hard to enforce on a small uh, scale. That's not like published works. Uh, it is kind of hard to enforce, but if someone finds, if I appear in a movie and I didn't approve of it, I can sue them. So, and there's basis for that. Um, just in Germany, not like in other countries, but here it's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful. It's not used all the time. It's mostly used by people who um, are like at protests, for example, because they don't want to be filmed. So they're like, if you if you publish this, then I'm going to sue you and, and whatnot. But yeah, it's super interesting seeing what people think of free speech and like how it varies from country to country. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the last point I had touched on. I don't know if you had another point you wanted to. Well, hit I did want quick. to dip into one yeah. more part of the first amendment that we kind of didn't really get to. And that's yeah. um, the right to assembly and protest. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. Which I would argue is the part of the first amendment that, we were talking about this before. The laws can be on the books, but they only matter if they get enforced. I would say it's the part of the First Amendment that is enforced the least because there are several famous moments in history, even recently, where people have assembled for a peaceful protest and they're dispersed 
sometimes violently. A recent example, I can't even remember what they're protesting, but this was a year or two ago. People were protesting outside the White House mm-hmm. and uh, they were violently dispersed for the excuse. So the president's going to be walking through this area to do a photo op at this church. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Right. So they use like flashbangs and chemical irritants and things like that. And they you know, physically push them out of the way, which I'm pretty sure is a violation of the First Amendment. Yeah. So that's funny because here, like here in Germany, for example, you, you also have a lot of the rights you do in the U.S., which isn't a coincidence because um, the American government drafted the German constitution. So they put in a lot of stuff that's in the American constitution. You're allowed to uh, protest here in Germany, but you have to register the protest with the police. <laughs> and that's been a huge problem because of the corona or sort of because of the pandemic. And so a lot of people have been protesting against um, all like the, the, you know, like the provisions and not being able to like gather and stuff like that. And people have been very upset. So they've been protesting Hmm. and the government's like, okay, fine. You can protest. I mean, just tell us when and where. And usually it's for like security reasons. So they're afraid that there's going to be a counter protest and people are going to start fighting. So that's why. Are they allowed to say no? Yeah. They say no all the time. Yeah. They, I've, what's the point then? The whole point of protesting is ob- objecting to your government. So what do you do? How do you <laughs> ask the government permission to object? You do it anyway. I mean, if the government says no and you really want to protest and they just do it anyway, it's not like they they'll just like say like, oh, OK, it depends on what the reason is. So, for example, let's say you're protesting something that's non-controversial. Um, usually they'll try and get permission from the government, but if, if it ends up failing, then they kind of give up. But if it's something that's super important to them, they'll protest anyway. So if it's like the pandemic, if it's like um, nationalism or like women's rights, that's stuff that they'll always protest. Usually when the government says no, it's because the, it's just not feasible. So like maybe it's like in a small town and they want to have a protest of, let's say, 50,000 people. And it's just like the, the town can't accommodate this kind of protest. So the government will prevent people from overrunning cities, which has happened. So usually the government granting you permits is only because to protect other people. You know, or like a very famous example, this happens every year. It's uh, in May. So in May, you have a lot of like um, neo-Nazis who protest um, for whatever reason. And then there are counter protests. And the government allows both of these protests and they separate them because they're afraid if they, if the protesters and the counter protesters come together, they'll start fighting each other <laughs> and uh, all chaos will ensue. So right. see, this is, is, this is me having a very American mindset. I'm like, this yeah. all sounds awful. I do not like the government having that kind of power. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but you have to, but you have to tell the authorities that you're going to protest. And the fu- there's a joke about this actually in Germany, which is um, pr- it goes along the lines of that. The Germans would protest the German um, railway company by getting on the train, but before they get on the train, they would buy a ticket. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you're going to protest the trains, but you're going to buy a ticket anyway. And most people are like, well, if I'm going to protest them, I'm just not going to buy a ticket. I'm going to get on the train. So yeah, so that's a very German 
way of thinking, which is completely different than the way Americans think. Um, it, yes, definitely. Yeah, so it's like Americans do whatever they want for better or for worse. Usually for worse, but <laughs> I'm not usually, you know, 100% rah rah. You can do whatever you want, but if, if you're going to start disobeying the government and uh, arguing against them and causing a ruckus to get some change happening, I <laughs> asking for permission. I don't know. It feels like it, it feels yeah, like going to your boss on a job you want to quit. Like, hey, boss, I hate you. Can I have permission to quit, please? Yeah, that's true. But usually it's not controversial. So let's say like people are protesting, like a very common example here would be people are protesting for some kind of, like the Dalai Lama, for example. Like there are people here in Germany who will protest in support of the Dalai Lama and they want to march down the streets. The problem is, is that if they march down the streets, they're going to disrupt traffic. It could be dangerous. Like what if I don't know there's a, like, there's a protest going on and I drive right into it and I kill like 50 people or something because you know, I didn't know that they were going to be there. And so usually, more often than not, it's just to protect people, you know, because people who, who like, protest, they do it by going through the streets. And that that's pretty much it. So usually, the like, the government will say, like, yes. But like I said, if they really want to protest, they're going to do it anyway. <laughs> they're not going to let anyone stop them. But yeah. A small tangent. All right. Well, I think that's everything I wanted to touch. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good too. Yeah, so that was a brief, a very brief overview of the First Amendment. Um, freedom of speech, freedom of press, right to assembly, freedom of religion, uh, freedom to exercise a religion and, you know, voice your grievances. So a very brief overview. And yeah, that was it. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.